When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is your instant reaction for Tottenham Hotspur 2, Everton 0. Mm. Everton, pretty awful, pretty miserable in North London tonight. I've got Mark Mirishi with me now, who's just got up for some reason, and he's coming back now. But uh, Mark, <laughs> um, Hello. awful performance in the main, not really much going forward. I think Everton, the game plan was obvious, wasn't it, first off. Dig yeah. in, see where he can go, try and get something on the counter attack, try and spring... Um, we did it a couple of times in the first half, but second half, there wasn't much going forward. I think when Spurs got that opening goal, when Harry Kane scored that penalty, that was it really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think when once you've got such a notable game plan in terms of keeping the game to nil-nil, if you've got nothing to offer going forward, when, when that ultimately falls apart, then it kind of looks a little bit silly, doesn't it? I think we all knew at the point where Jordan Pickford dived at Harry Kane's feet that that was the game, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, we can talk about individual errors and we can talk about how we Everton reacted to the first goal going in, but at, at, the, at the point where Everton give away that penalty and it obviously gets scored by Harry Kane, there is absolutely no way back for this team at the moment. And I think that's the, that's the divide between a team who are capable of scraping enough results to finish in a relatively respectable bottom half finish yeah. if you want to call it that um, and a team who are capable of challenging for the European places and we, we, are, we are absolutely miles off that at the moment if you look at not only the personnel but the way we approach games at the moment and the, that that was still set up for me in terms of the the autumnal Sky Sports. Let's watch Everton get absolutely demoralised. <laughs> Christmas is on its way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just <laughs> just about got to the point where you can put your heating on and it's acceptable. So let's all cozy up in front oh, of I'm the not, fire. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> let's, the heating's staying off. Yeah. Let, let's all cozy up in front of the fire and watch Everton get absolutely demoralised. And it, it did feel as though it had that kind of setup today. Um, you know. I, I credit Everton to an extent in terms of, I think, for the first half, we were certainly competitive. Uh, we saw Amadou and Arno and yeah. Damari Gray certainly imp- impose themselves going forward. But we, we, we all know what these games are going to entail. It's going to be a, a question of, are you capable of not only taking your chances, but are you capable of resisting the, the Tottenham attack? Are you capable of coming back when ultimately they do break you down? And I think that... All of those questions we failed to answer tonight, but I, I I look at our squad and I look at our starting eleven and I look at everything about Everton at the moment and say, well, 
there's an, there's an enormous shrug of the shoulders from me in yeah, terms of yeah. well well what did you really expect and and certainly from my point of view at the point where Harry Kane scores that penalty the only thing I was really expecting was for for Tottenham to go on and expand yeah. their lead and win the game and and that's ultimately what we saw it's it's one of them isn't it where like in these games and we we've spoken about it a little bit before like as much as if you look at every game Everton play in this situation. They never surprise you, do they? We we never we never get a result like you know someone like Crystal Palace do, where they go somewhere and just like, you know, dig in, counter attack, score a couple of goals, and and, and win the game. It's you yeah. know every time we play against the top six side away from home, barring Oviedo two thousand thirteen, you know, barring an own goal against Arsenal in when there's no fans in the ground, barring a Calvert Lewin goal when there's no fans in the ground in two thousand and nineteen twenty against these as well, you know. We, we we never seem to go anywhere and you know, surprise anybody. And I suppose it's, that's not a slight on this squad because this squad's probably poorer than it, than it has been in recent years. But yeah, you know, you, you sort of know what to expect, and that in itself is kind of a little bit demoralising. Because like, there are some teams you look at in this league, and um, you look at Spurs, and they've been good, but they've not been amazing. You think, well, maybe they could go there and cause some problems. They'd be on the front mm. foot, counter attack. They might cause us some issues and. And we kind of went there today, had our, our little go in the first half and second half, didn't really do anything. Yeah, I think to that extent, it probably stunk a little bit of United at home last weekend yeah. for me in, in terms of, you know... I Are we just not good enough to do that now? Well, quite frankly, no, we're not. Um, I watched an Everton side falter against United at home in a sense of... You know, I I imagine the the non Everton fan watched that game on Sky Sports that week last weekend and thought, well, at the point where Everton go one 0 behind, they probably well two one behind. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, for a word be scored the goal, but at, at a point where Everton fall behind, they probably don't have enough to answer the question of are you good enough to get back into this game? For for me, I always thought that as soon as Tottenham go ahead in this game. Yeah. That question will be answered. Um, you know, in terms of where does that fall apart? I think defensively we are we are relatively resolute. I I don't come out of that game tonight thinking that any one of those back four and James Tarkovsky in particular, yeah. who I thought was particularly good. I I don't particularly think that any one of those individually let us down. But as a unit, are we good enough to come back from one 0 down or two one down or? Are we good enough to capitalise on a, a particularly poor defensive error like Jordan Pickford's made tonight? I I don't think we're there at the moment. I yeah. think we are we are still at the stage whereby if we are to get results at United at home or Spurs away, we need pretty much everything to go in our favour. Yeah. And I think 60%, 70% of things probably went in our yeah. favour tonight, but... Are we capable of? Yeah, Spurs were nowhere near it for an hour, were they? Until until that mistake that, that they aren't, yeah. they aren't. But they've got people like Son, they've got people like Kane, and you know, potentially four or five weeks down the line, where we've got a fit and fire in Anthony Gordon, we've got a fit and fire in Dominic Calvert Lewin up front. We we are potentially capable of coping with that level of quality for sixty or seventy minutes. But I think when, what whilst you are trying to patch things up, which in reality, we are with Dwight McNeil. We are with Neil Mope. You know that th- that is the the sense that you get from Everton at the moment, and that we are kind of a, a squad in waiting to yeah. decide what is actually going to happen with 
the the entire football club going forward. You know, it it's it's very easy to get dragged into a sense of we should be competing with Tottenham. You know, everything about yeah, them yeah. is worlds apart from what Everton are at the moment, and I think. When 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 you actually look at the at the reality of what Everton are and what we have been competing with, not not yeah. not not necessarily this season, but I think in the season just gone, you you have to kind of take an enormous reality check about what Everton as an entity are. For me, I'm ready to not see Everton get battered by United and Spurs, yeah. and we we absolutely haven't done that. But there's also the there's the internal element. There's the internal Everton element of me that suggests <laughs> that you know I shouldn't even be thinking about getting battered by these teams because we should be competitive but, week in week out. But that that's not the reality of it, is it? It's just that point, isn't it? Where um, you know you you get to an hour in the game, and I think when you're in a game like this and you're trying to sit and deep and like contain, you know. We we were watching that and like our, our signal was relatively poor in the first half. You know, watching the game and it was like you know, I've Spurs scored and we got to half time. I said, right, good, maintain, get your shape back, go again. And then you get to an hour and it's like right, that when you I think when you get to an hour in a game like that, you feel like you can get a result then. And I think it's just on the hour where Pickford makes that mistake. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's sort of like it would have been fascinating to have seen like what. You know, cause I, I know what you're saying about like you know we didn't have much going forward, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if Spurs get more and more desperate, then that in turn yes, yeah, yeah. opens up more and more chances for us to counter attack. And you know, mm-hmm. Mope was pretty anonymous in the main. Damari Gray had a Damari Gray game. McNeil was McNeil. But I think, listen, I'm I'm not gonna be on this podcast and slay Jordan Pickford because the lad has saved us many times yeah, this season, yeah. mm-hmm. saved us countless times towards the end of last season, but. You just wonder how that that might have turned out if he just kept all that shot because Spurs at that point, yeah. And like we we went on the ground, but watching it on the telly, it, it felt like their fans at that point were just starting. To, you know, we've been in there with Gunnison Avenue on sixty minutes when you're playing against the team that you think you should be beating, and you get to an hour and you think, oh, fucking hell, you know, these have been a nightmare here. They're, yeah. you know, they're frustrating us. Mm-hmm. This is not what I thought it was going to be. It's you know, it's a Saturday night. It's 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 getting a little bit antsy. And it felt like we, we as a team, we were, we were very close to getting to that point. Yeah. And then Pickford makes that mistake and it, it all sort of unravels a little bit from there. Yeah, the, the, it's, it still feels to me as though we are just about that level away of being that nightmare that we've all watched at Goodison Park, doesn't it? Mm. And then, you know, we've all seen a Palace side, for example, come to Goodison Park and just, just occupy every... Yeah. mind in the ground every player on the pitch and think well you're not quite good enough to break us down the, the, you know but with them like when when you lose the ball against them it's like we're in trouble here whereas yes. like with an off from free it's like they might get up the pitch and get a free kick but they're, they're not going to threaten in any way shape or the, form there's an element of defensive resoluteness there yeah. in terms of you know Tarkovsky and Cody you know we we don't need to talk on this podcast anymore about how secure they are at the back and you know Mikhailenko and Coleman and Patterson are relatively interchangeable in terms of where they fit into this defensive setup at the moment but the mindset of this team and the the kind of outset of this team has been built on what those two people have built at the yeah. back but that that there has to be something doesn't there as an outlet in terms of when you are 55 60 minutes in 
are you able to find Damari Gray? Are you able to find Dwight McNeil or, or Anthony Gordon, who was obviously absent tonight? But it, is there that element of buying into five or ten minutes? Of, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, but you need to be clever about that, don't you? It's, it's not necessarily about chance creation and, you know, can we nick one and can we go on to nick a further one on the, on the counter-attack? Sometimes it's just about grinding away at... Someone like Spurs are perfect at it, for example. Someone, can you grind away at their time in terms of being able to to, to work away at your defence? Yeah. And so, so can you have enough shots to make their keeper make a mistake? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, someone will tell me statistically the the exact answer to this, but did we have any form of imposure on the goal in the no. second half? Absolutely none, really. I mean, we, I know we took Mope off, and I know we, we introduced Dominic Calvert Lewin, but. There's never really a sense for me in that Everton is serious in these top six battles, and maybe that's us coming off the back of a, a, a you know a, a very mediocre, to call it at least season last season. Hmm. Is that us expecting too much too soon in terms of what Everton can be this season? Hmm. You know. If we go away to Spurs on a Saturday night, are we entitled to think that we are capable of achieving any real result? I don't want to go full Farhad Mashiri in terms of expected <laughs> defeats here, but there there is an element. That's why Pickford's error is so frustrating, is it? Because you, yes. you don't know what could have happened from that point. Yes, because like I said, like I said, we we're getting to that point in the game where it's like everyone gets in that ground, gets a bit nervous. Then when yeah. it gets, when it gets to 60, 65, 70 on the clock, we've all been there as fans. When you're playing against a team that you think you should be beating and it's not quite going your way, that's when it all gets a little bit touchy and you get a little bit desperate. Yeah, I think not not only is that a, a particular time in the game tonight, but it's a time in Everton's kind of mini development in whereby, you know, everything about that back four, be it Patterson or Coleman at right back, but everything about that everything else about it has been relatively resolute and consistent and you think well maybe this is the defining result whereby you know if we go away to Spurs and get a nil-nil on the back of a disappointing Man United defeat at home we're able to call ourselves one of the more indefensible teams in the Premier League one of the more difficult to break down sides in the league and I think that kind of fell apart tonight yeah. in the last 20, 25 minutes. Well, and do you look at that Everton team and think, I wouldn't want to play against you? Mm, I'm not there yet. Yeah, and I, I think, I think that, that, that's yeah. what disappoints me, is that if you know, if, if James Tarkovsky and, and Connor Cody and Jordan Pickford, if they, if they keep a clean sheet tonight away at Tottenham Hotspur, I'm probably looking that, at that as a... You know, a, a Palace away from home at Goodison Park next week, or a, a Newcastle at home at St James's Park, and I think, yeah, yeah. well, you're going to be a nightmare. You're going to be absolutely horrible to play against, and it 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 very quickly diminishes, doesn't it, into a you know, if we get one against you, we'll probably beat you. And I think that 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 feeling of last season probably still lingers long and hard for me as an Evertonian, and that. We are still relatively flimsy in terms of what we can offer as a defensive unit. And I think, you know, just to go back to the outlets that we have and going forward, I think we are still very, very longing for someone in an attacking midfield and probably in a wide role as someone who can just buy a little bit of time. And 
A Richarlison replacement. It, it, it's very yeah. easy. It's very easy to make that comparison with Richarlison's nice. And I know he went, he went off injured, but I think of the games whereby Wolves away last year, for example, where Everton were absolutely dreadful, but he <laughs> came on on the hour mark and yeah. solidified a point for Everton because he was horrible to play against. He created chances. He made simple passes. He won fouls for his team, which... I don't look at an Everton side now who are mature enough and who are savvy enough to make those decisions to go down early, to pass the ball early, whatever whatever it is that means that your team are capable of scraping results. I don't think we've got that know-how in order to win games. And Joe, there's undoubted levels of attack and flair with people like Anthony Gordon and Damari Gray and Alex Awobi and, and to an extent people like Mope and, and Calvert-Lewin. There isn't enough there to suggest that there's enough know-how to win football matches or to get through football matches. And I think as long as that exists, there will always be an enormous contrast for me in terms of a team who's capable of totally dispatching teams at home and one that capitulates under yeah. pressure and I th- I, there's no middle ground and I think if you are to to finish in mid-table or if you're if you're able to kick on and finish in a European place which I think is probably a couple of years premature for Everton you need that level of stability in your side that is capable of just being a little bit boring at times yeah. and just grinding out results and I, I, I just don't think we've got the personnel at the moment for the Mopay sign does the more I see him, and like I saw like in in the derby in the second half, like we got the ball on on the floor and played into his feet quite a lot, and he looked really good and like effective, and like he'd get it into feet, back to goal, shimmy left, shimmy right, and he'd play like an intelligent pass yeah. or he'd take the ball on himself, like. But like the the last few weeks, I and mean, it, it's not his fault, but because he's been playing up front, and we we've not got the quality to play through midfield and play those passes into his feet. It's like. You're lashing the ball into the channels, and I think a lot of people have got this idea of him in the head of like a lot of these going to like you know like a Marcus Bentz, like a striker who's going to like yeah, run sure. to the channels and like hassle defenders. But he's been playing in teams like Brent, Brentford, who were you know a good football inside Brighton, obviously who are a good football inside, and now he's coming towards it. It's like right, we're going to lash the ball twenty yards in front of you or above your head, five yards above your head. And you're gonna have to like try and challenge and battle for everything. I'm like it, that that doesn't seem like his, his, his game at all. And it's mm. you know it, I I do worry about him a little bit, but you know the the one thing I would say Moses that you know next week you know Carvalhoon came up for thirty minutes tonight. That's obviously his second substitution appearance in a row. Going to Newcastle, St James's Park on Wednesday. That lad's got to be in the team, hasn't he? Um. Yeah, I think going forward, something has to change. Yeah. Um. You put probably look at someone like Anthony Gordon coming back in, um, but I I don't think it's too far to suggest that at the moment you're wide to either side of either Mope or Calvert Lewin mm. are just picking two of the best of a bad bunch mm. uh, because you can maybe even pay Mope tucked yeah. in from one side. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be absolutely fair uh, because as you say, that that central isolated role is not suiting him. In a way that it probably suited Calvert Lewin yeah. is that we, you know, the the 
the quintessential role of the att- of the Everton number nine is that we will hang you out to dry yeah. for six or seven <laughs> weeks and we'll see what you've got to offer. And if you can possibly scrape some form of positivity from that very, very isolated six or seven weeks like Calvert-Lewin did, we'll, we'll give you a chance yeah. and we'll try and embed you into the team. And Mope potentially probably hasn't done enough um, if you were going to play him as a as a wide attacker, you'd say that he's got more of a goal threat than someone like a Gray or do, do you not look at him and someone think, like though, a Gordon, for example? Do you not look at him and think though, like the way in which he plays and like the skills he's got, you need to play a very specific way to get the best out of him. Like, but what is that way? It's, I think it's into his feet. You've got to get the ball into his feet when he drops off a little bit, and then I think he picks up bits and pieces around the box, like. Yeah. Launching the ball into the chat, he's you know, he's not he's not quick or he's not like physical. Now, if, you, if you want to play to do that, you should have signed like someone like you know Shane Long or something like yeah, that. You yeah. know he he's been brought up in a system at Brentford and in a system at Brighton where it's ball into feet, striker gets it, holds people off, you lay it off, and then you know round about the box, you pick up bits and pieces, you score the odd goal. Lashing the ball into the channels, it, it you know it, it's not his game. It, it's never been his game. I, I, it, you know, he just looks a little bit out of place at the moment. Obviously, it's very early days, yeah. But mm. we seem to be playing in a way, or playing to a centre forward in a way which it's just not his game, or has never been his game. But in that sense, I'd say, well, everything you've just said there about how he should operate, it pretty much relies on two very informed attacking wide players, doesn't it? it you know, if you had a, mm. if you had a totally in sync. Damari Gray or Anthony Gordon or Dwight McNeil. Do you know, if, if you had two of those firing on all cylinders, I'd fully trust Neil Mopay to get nine or ten goals a season. I mm. don't really think any of us are expecting too much more from him than that. But I think it's more the midfielders. Yeah, well, that's the problem. I think the, the the isolated gap between the front three and the midfield three. You know, we we've lauded this. Side and and the setup of this side in terms of Anana and Idrissa Gay and Alex Awobi as being a relatively resolute and solid and flat midfield three who are capable of keeping teams out. We've seen that we, we we've seen the defensive stats yeah. of Everton this season and albeit a you know two goals conceded against Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur, we we are capable of keeping teams out to an extent, but. When when questions are asked and when we are needed to go forward and and interlink with people like our wide midfielders and our central striker, are we capable of doing that? And I think we are still very much set up to be a team that is difficult to beat. Yeah. Maybe it, the question I would ask you is that you know, or the next step obviously is to be that team whereby when you go one nil down or when you go two one down. Are you capable yeah. of transforming to link with a Mope or a Calvert Lewin to be a team who gets it, it gets itself back into the game? I don't think we've got ourselves. No, we haven't. We haven't got that in us no. at the moment. And you know, is, is this a season whereby we ha- kind of on the back of a relegation scrap? Do we kind of have to sit back and say, well, we are simply not good enough for that challenge? We are a forty to fifty points team. And that is quite simply good enough for us at the moment because other than us going out and signing a, a Cody Gakpo or or anyone else from the continent who we were linked with over the recent months, mm. 
but before we make that enormous leap from an attacking point of view going forward, do we kind of have to accept that we are just not quite good enough to be top eight, yeah. but when yeah. we're not good enough to go down? Yeah, I think I think I think that that's right, big picture. But sitting here right now after watching that, yeah, it feels horrible. Yeah, it it yeah. It, 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 it does feel horrible, and you, you sort of look at it and think, right, if we've got player X on earlier or player Y on earlier, we, we could have had a bit of a go with them a little bit more. But I think I think the worrying thing for me is, is like you said, like when Spurs scored that penalty, you, you feel like it's game over. And, mm-hmm. and listen, people might be going, well, we came back against Southampton and won 2-1 against them. You know, the level of quality is it's a different it's, ball it's, game, compl- yeah. it's totally completely different. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think we even touched the ball in Spurs' box when, when um, they went ahead. But final thing, mate, uh, did Harry Kane die for that penalty or not? Um, yes, he obviously did, but when your goalkeeper affords the opportunity for Harry Kane to dive, then that's yeah. absolutely fine. It, it feels um, like Pickford felt a touch at some point, but nobody saw it on the replay, because he didn't really moan at all, but it, when you watch the replay, it's like, yeah. it looks like he's dived there. <laughs> it, it, I think it was a really odd one in that we all knew as spectators that Harry Kane had made the most of that situation, yeah. but... Not only as Evertonians, but as Jordan Pickford as a goalkeeper, yeah. he absolutely knew that he'd made an error in that situation, didn't he? I mean, any other goalkeeper, they probably bounce up from that kind of second attempt at the ball. Do you think, do you think, think, it, do you think if that had happened where he hadn't made an error and say Kane was going through when he touched the ball and that exact thing yes. had happened, yeah. he would he, he would have been at so say like. Say that had happened in general play. Just a, a, a go yeah, yeah. Back, go and, around and Pick the would have like messed yeah. up. Would Pick would have been more because I've watched it a lot and I, I I don't think there's any contact from what I can see at all. There's a part of me in what you're saying and that I want Jordan Pickford to get up and scream at the referee yeah. for saying he's absolutely dived there. Yeah. Um, the the reason why Jordan Pickford lies flat with his face to the floor is that he feels an overwhelming sense of guilt. For me, in terms of he's created that situation, yeah. um, you're absolutely right. In terms of if that happens in normal play and the ball gets played through one on one and he taps it around Pickford, he absolutely doesn't sit there and watch Harry Kane dive to win a penalty. But there isn't there there is a sense of guilt there in that I've created that situation. Yeah. From from that point of view, as an Evertonian, of course I'm frustrated in that Harry Kane has bought a penalty off us, but th- there is also a sense of do your job, yeah. Isn't it? You you do your job as a goalkeeper. You save that ball and you hold on to it, and we won't be talking about the situation. Um, you you are absolutely right to go back fifteen minutes here to suggest that there is no scope for Evertonians to be sitting around digging Jordan Pickford out for creating yeah. any element of of Everton misery. But the the we we've seen what type of man this is in goal for us yeah. and th- there is a notable sense of frustration when he creates frustration for himself and he, he's absolutely done that tonight and it's it's just it's on the back of a week i think i don't know if you've seen this Matt, whereby people have been kind of semi digging him out in terms of oh, being yeah, that kind of that, you know I've, I've seen people like ben foster for example come out and say well he's not the goalkeeper that people say he is, he's kind of got this kind of responsive element and this kind of place of the crowd element that so makes Troy him Deeney not. Slating him, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he's he's got that kind of playing up to the crowd nature, and I just wanted for all of the world tonight for him not to make a mistake like that. And 
you know, it, it's obviously frustrating for us as Evertonians to see to see it ultimately cost us the game. But I think on a personal level, I'm just ready for that not to be a thing that is pointed at Jordan Pickford anymore. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. unfortunately, it is going to be tonight, isn't it? Listen, he's in the block, isn't he? In terms yeah. of like, you know, yeah, yeah. contributions oh God, this absolutely. season. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, he he made the fuck up tonight, but in the main, the season, he's been one of the biggest contributors to us being one of the best defensive sides in the league. But yeah, listen, we'll leave it there. Um, disappointing for the Blues tonight, 2 0 Spurs. But we go again. It's Newcastle on Wednesday. It's going to be tough. Uh, and then we are, of course, back at Goodison again this this weekend coming up. But yeah, um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back again in the week. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, as ever, it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. We'll have all kinds of content going into that Newcastle game. And of course, for the rest of the week, uh, cheers to Moe's. Thanks very much for listening. We'll speak to you again soon. Podcast Network.